The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. Hello, everybody. This is Lo. Welcome to your new episode of I Love Wellness. 2021 is off to an interesting start, eh? Uh, Anyway, we have a fantastic guest on the show today. I'm so excited to welcome Christina Mallon. She is a disabled inclusive designer, and we are going to talk about how she uses style to dismantle the stereotypes around the disabled body today. Uh, And I think it's a very timely conversation. So welcome to the show, Christina. Hi. Thanks so much for having me and kind of giving this opportunity to talk about uh, disability and style, which are probably two topics that a lot of people don't think about or talk about. Yeah, I'm, I'm very um, curious or interested in this conversation. And I read the uh, article that came out about you in um, Marie Claire and just really even before, you know, getting to know you really uh, opened my eyes to um, what living with a disability must be like. Um, and so very interested in hearing how you are working, um, you know, kind of from the inside out about, uh, you know, inclusivity and design and advertising and things like that. You have a disability, but you were not born with this disability, right? This is something that sort of happened yep. to you over the past few years. So I, I, I'm curious if you can just share that story first and foremost. Sure. Um, yeah. So I became disabled When I was graduated college, I was about 22, um, and I started my first job in New York uh, doing the advertising um, for CoverGirl Cosmetics, specifically um, really kind of inclusive, launching their Ellen line, um, also working on the Queen Latifah line, um, so really doing inclusion work, um, and I started to notice that my fingers weren't typing as well. I thought maybe I fell asleep on it or something like that. Um, And then went to a few doctors and then it started to get progressively worse to other fingers, shoulder to elbows. And then about five years in of having those symptoms, uh, my arms came completely paralyzed and they still exactly, you know, they don't know what caused it. Um, They think, possibly a car accident I got into five months before, plus the stress of, you know, moving to New York City, starting a new job, you know, living alone, um, plus that I have celiac disease and kind of all of those things, you know, overtook my body and and left my arms paralyzed. So today, you know, full paralysis and kind of navigating the world that's not made for me. Mm -hmm. Um, so talk me through your transition, um, from a career perspective, when you became disabled, um, did, did what you were doing at the time change? And I'm curious how your employers at the time kind of supported you through that transition. Yeah, I think that's a great question because even very timely with COVID-19, there's going to be so many people going into the disability community because of the long-term effects. So I'm really happy to answer that question as I think it might be fruitful um, for your listeners. So I did a little bit of, you know, advertising and inclusion work, but never really into the design perspective. Mm-hmm. And when I became disabled, I realized there was two things that were really tough about being disabled was that I couldn't, you know, 
use everyday products that I was advertising um, because yeah. they weren't inclusively, um, you know, made and that people had preconceived notions about what I could and couldn't do. And, you know, it wasn't that these people weren't bright or intelligent. It was that the media and advertising never saw successful disabled people. You didn't see them in commercials. You didn't see them, you know, in Instagram posts or movies. Um, so, you know, I had to change that. So I joined, um, you know, kept my job, didn't stop working. But um, at night, I joined an incubator called Open Style Lab, which was started at MIT and now at Parsons, where we co-collaborate with the disability community um, to kind of hack style and products and technology. So that's inclusive mm -hmm. for all. That's so and cool. really honing, yeah, it's <laughs> one of its kind. I really love it. And it's one of the great things because it takes style, technology, and accessibility in one. Yeah. And really spent my nights and weekends for a few years really kind of learning product design um, so that I could, you know, change that. And then in my job, um, I really switched to a position where I was working on inclusive design from a communications and representation standpoint. So really kind of a two-pronged approach to make those changes as I felt as though going and working with the government to make these changes would be so slow. So working with brands would be the best way to do it. Hmm, interesting. Um, I feel like we always hear the same narrative that the fashion world is not a necessarily kind world. <laughs> I think that that has shifted a little bit with more size inclusivity. You know, you see that with, you know, different models and advertising and stuff these days. But I guess I'm curious, do you see hope um, for that changing uh, and for fashion progressing to, to be more inclusive? Yeah, I mean, I definitely see that, especially, you know, since the murder of George Floyd, brands are starting to care about inclusion. Um, I was on the team that launched Tommy Hilfiger Adaptive, which was the first fashion line um, for people with disabilities um, from a mass brand. And, you know, right after that launch, we saw so many brands um, launching their own line. So I'm very hopeful for the future and not just in fashion, but everything style from beauty to wellness, that people are starting to really, you know, focus on inclusion as, um, you know, not everyone's a size one and not everyone, you know, uh, is able-bodied. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you've done so much good for the unrepresented community in the fashion world. I mean, like you received LinkedIn Top Voice and Design 2020, Smithsonian's Emerging Designer of the Year 2019, at age 40 under 40, like the list goes on and on. It's really remarkable. Um, I guess like in the fashion world, what is your biggest goal that you wanna see completed? Yeah, I would love that, um, you know, there is a line that's not just for people with disabilities, it's for everyone. If you think about it, why haven't buttons been reinvented? You know, why are they still so difficult to do? Um, why aren't they, you know, we use magnets that look like buttons. No one's really redesigning, you know, closures and cuts. Um, and if you think about that, if we could, you know, maybe 
make an adaptive line that looks like it is, you know, uh, a normal line um, that also has size extensions. Yeah. It's so expensive to have an additional line for a certain group of people. Mm, that's really interesting. I love that idea. By now, you've probably heard me talk about Pros, the world's most personalized hair care. And I wanted to share a few updates since using the custom formulas that Pros sent me. And spoiler alert, it is the real deal. I have been using Pros for the last few months, and I can already tell that my hair is stronger and shinier. So I use the pre-shampoo hair mask, which has really helped with hydration. And I love their sulfate-free shampoo because it's so gentle, and it doesn't feel like it's stripping my hair or making it dry. Pros knows that there is more to you than just your hair type. Pros has given over 1 million consultations with their in-depth hair quiz, which is how I got started. So I was on the quiz. I answered questions about everything from eating habits to how often I do my hair to the damage level to the kind of exercise I get. And it just goes to show that the quiz on the Pros website takes into consideration everything from your hair type and texture to even your lifestyle. And the quiz gives you tips for how to get specific results. So with their algorithm and over 50 billion formula combinations, Pros determines a unique blend of ingredients to treat your exact concerns. Pros also has a review and refine feature. It lets me tweak my formulas for any reason, like change of address, hair color, or my diet. If you're not 100% pro positive, Pros is the best hair care you've ever had. They will take the products back, no questions asked. Pros is the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair quiz and get 15% off your first order. Go to pros.com slash ILW. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash ILW for your free in-depth hair quiz and 15% off. How is having a disability and like I'll put that in air quotes because I think you know you certain you 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 may or may not consider yourself to be disabled I don't really know you know because I think that you probably have figured out how to live your life in a really fulfilling way so I'm not exactly sure sort of like what term to use but how has I guess the changes in your health changed your relationship with um health and wellness and self-care and I, I definitely consider myself disabled. And I think, you know, it's a really good way how you put it because you ask, you know, kind of what do you prefer? Yeah. And I think when approaching that topic, that's the best way to do it. Um, and kind of how has that changed my relationship with health and wellness? At the beginning of becoming disabled, I definitely got discouraged. Um, you know, it was about 10 years ago and and the wellness revolution was really kind of uh, taking hold in New York City, and I, I couldn't, you know, go to yoga classes with my friends, and I, you know, couldn't do like gusha on my face, and and all of those, you know, exciting things that you know are big in wellness. Yeah. But now I'm starting to see that wellness is more inclusive, and I'm able to, you know, pick those things that I can do. Sometimes I thought with instructors, they wouldn't realize that my arms are disabled, and they yell at me that I'm not standing up. <laughs> so it's really nice to not have that type of interaction and yeah. feel such good uh, energy. Um, so, you know, I've just found things that work for me um, yeah. and kind of have adapted that there. And so I've started to embrace wellness uh, much more, especially with meditation, because you don't need 
any limbs. I saw you had Emily on your podcast and, and she's kind of my uh, guru for all things meditation. And she was just so welcoming um, and, and so adaptable. Um, and I think, you know, spin and meditation have really helped me kind of feel like I belong in wellness and health, um, even though I might not be the, you know, when you look at me, the ideal person of uh, health. When it came to just like self-care and personal care, did you have to learn how to do these things all over again? I read an article in Marie Claire that you, you use your feet for a lot of things. Like, how do you put on your makeup? Yeah. Um, thank God for heyday because I get a lot of facials, so I don't have to wear <laughs> too much makeup. But um, I do it with my feet and use a wow. lot of brushes. So you just kind of adapt. And I think it's super interesting you know, when COVID-19 hit, I was able to really adapt because I'm just used to adapting to anything. Yeah. Um, so really, you know, making sure when I take my multivitamin, you know, I have it in a plastic bag or I use an easy cap that I can open. So it was really just adjusting so that um, different packaging and uh, different ways to do things so that I could still really take care of myself, both physically and mentally. Wow. That must have been... Um a journey for you and an ongoing uh, journey <laughs> as yeah, you definitely to consume more and different products and just like live your life. Um, you're giving such a really beautiful voice to the disabled community. I, I'm just curious, how as a society can we evolve to make the disabled community feel more included all around? I mean, there's there's multiple ways and I think the conversation that you're having now and that you know you reached out to me to have this conversation to bring light to my voice that's mm -hmm. really important I, um, I think that my focus is really bring media attention um, and having those conversations because I would say that when people are excluding people with disabilities usually it's not on purpose yeah so I think that is, um, you know, really key in showing that education is needed. So just, you know, really highlighting and providing platforms for people with disability. I think that's one of the best ways that you can be an ally. Mm. Um, and just thinking about disability in a way that is a spectrum. We will all become disabled at some point in our life. If you want to have a baby, um, pregnant women are somewhat disabled when they, you know, can't shave their legs because they can't bend over. Do they need the same adaptive device as someone, you know, who has a bad back or, right. you know, um, the touch screen was invented by someone who had MS, so, but now it's used by everyone. So you need to think about disability as just something everyone experiences mm -hmm. and that, um, you know, it sometimes always can't be a bad thing because it's led to so much innovation in the world. Yeah, that's a really interesting way to think about it. Um, so two questions that I ask all of our guests. The first question is, what is your secret ritual? This is something you do that makes you feel happy or helps you unwind, but you do it in private. <laughs> yeah, um, my kind of secret ritual is really, I try to always just wake up early when my husband is fast asleep and <laughs> which sounds super silly, but I just like to wake up and listen to podcasts by myself. And I think that allows me to kind of have my own time because most of my time is just spent either, you know, with my nonprofit or with work or trying to hack something new. 
or trying to fight over what we're going to watch on Netflix with my husband. So having that time to sit and listen to podcasts that are my own choices um, is kind of my private time that allows me to like really relax um, and decompress. Yeah, some private time. <laughs> you get yeah, up always early. private time is so low. needed. <laughs> Especially in like 800 square foot apartment in Tribeca during COVID and being together 365 days. I that waking up at 6 a.m. for that extra time is super important. Yeah, that's yeah, it's been a challenging year for us, us New Yorkers. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, my second and my final question. What is one thing that you do now that you wish that you had learned earlier? Meditation. I feel as though that is just not taught early enough in anyone's life. Um, I really wish that I had that earlier on just so that I could kind of, you know, handle life a little bit easier. Even in high school, girls are mean and things like that. And if I had meditation, I would have my own little thing. And, and that's kind of, you know, in the future when I have kids, I would love to teach them that early on. Um, and I wish I had that. Yeah. Um, do you, I, I know that um, you do Ziva. Do you like follow a pretty strict meditation practice? Um, Cause I like come in and out of meditation. I love it. But for me, I'm a bad meditator because I only do it when I feel awful. And then I remember, Oh, you should be meditating. But like the idea and what you are taught is that you should meditate always. And then you'll never have a bad time. <laughs> yeah. No. And that like the twice a day was difficult for me. So I hope Emily does not listen to this podcast. <laughs> yeah. I'm a little similar to you that, you know, when I am going through a stressful time, I remember to meditate or when I see my friends that are very hardcore meditators. So we have a chat. I'm like, oh, okay, I need to get back on the bandwagon because they seem very happy. Yeah. Um, so it ebbs and flows definitely for me too. Maybe I'll do some this afternoon. <laughs> hey, sounds good. Well, this was a really um, enlightening conversation for me. I hope that everybody that has listened to this show um, has taken something away from it. So thank you so much to my guest, Christina Mallon. Where can our listeners find you online? Yeah, um, you can find me on Instagram. Um, my handle is Christina Disarmed. Um, and then um, on Twitter, you can find me, LinkedIn. Um, but if you have any questions, please, you know, my whole goal is just to help, you know, spread the world and, you know, really dismantle the image of disability. So if anyone has any questions or needs help, feel free to reach out. Thank you. This is so fantastic. I'm looking at your cute Instagram feed right now. I love it. Awesome. <laughs> you look beautiful. Well, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it. And um, thank you for sharing your story. Oh, thank you. Thank you.